Socially Good Media presents The Socially Good Podcast. I'm John Gilbert, who along with members of the team from the award-winning social marketing agency Eskimo Soup, will be shining a light on the latest and the greatest in media communications. Hello and welcome to The Socially Good Podcast. My name's John Gilbert and my guest today is Kayleigh Jackson. Kaylee is the Social Inclusion Manager at Tigers Sports and Education Trust. Welcome along, Kaylee. No props. So I've just introduced you there with your job title, Social Inclusion Manager. Yeah. So what do we mean by social inclusion? So I look after the Premier League Kicks programme at the Trust, which is aimed at 8 to 18 year olds, getting them involved in positive activities rather than engaging antisocial behaviour. That programme has grown massively over the last four months. So now that entails our disability programme and the women and girls programme that were previously ran, they were funded separately by the Premier League. Um, we also look after the walking footballers and the Tigers Together Mental Health Programme and that's for anybody over the age of 16 that's suffering or fighting any mental health battles that they may have. It's just a free space for them to come and have a kick about. And we just encourage positive vibes really at that session. Um, everybody that comes down enjoys it. We're massively linked with Andy's Man Club to that session. Um, they bring about 30 guys down as well. So yeah, very, very busy. So just to unpick then this idea of social inclusion, so why is that needed? More so, I think young people are always labelled with that they do bad in the area when I think there's a lot of young people in the area that don't have much to do. So obviously all of our activities are free. Males, females, no matter what background you come from, you're welcome into the sessions. And I think that's the main main thing of social inclusion, no matter your background, your race, your gender, uh, your sexual orientation, everyone's welcome. We've got an open door policy. Um, everyone's feel they're made to feel welcome. Um, all staff are really engaging. They build real good relationships with the young people as well. So, yeah, it's it's very rewarding. And a lot of the people that you work with, they face some form of exclusion. So therefore, that's why we need to do the. Yeah, so what, yeah. What are the kind of issues that the people that you work with have to face? So a lot of the time, young people that we work with, they're not in mainstream education anymore. So a lot of them are um, uh, uh, pupil referral units or they're on the cusp of getting excluded from mainstream schools. So the main aim of our um, activities are just providing that positive role model. Um, some of the young people we come in contact with may not be at home with parents. It might be carers, foster carers. So they might not have that positive role model as such in their life. But that's where we come in and our coaches provide that positive role model build a good relationship with them and help with any issues they may have, take them or support them if they're disclosing mental health issues, all kinds of stuff down that path really where we're just there to be positive engagement for, for the young people. So is that in a role of a youth worker or as a coach or as, as a friend or a older brother or older sister? What, what are the, um, what's the relationships that seem to work when it comes to engaging with the young people? So previously, the KICKS programme was very targeted at uh, sports coaches. When I come into the role, I'm trained youth worker, so I'm very passionate about those youth work relationships. Every session that we run under the KICKS banner is very different, so the football sessions are different to the dance sessions. Um, That's not excluding any males or females, it's just how the session runs. It's very young people-led. We like to make them feel welcome by the session being, as long as it's safe them leading it because it shows the amount of kids we've had coming back and retained and sustained participants, that it works. So yeah, it's more youth work based, 
and like I said previously, just that relationship building with them and having that positive role model there, they can speak to us about anything. So I suppose it is a bit like a friend, but on a professional level mm-hmm. and helping in any way that we can. Mm-hmm. And what the techniques then you found worked? Was it just simply just being it's, yourself? Yeah, it's just being you. I would like to think when I'm on session, I'm no different to when I'm out with the staff. And because we have a lot of retained participants, we've known them since they've probably been about 10. So we've built that relationship over time. And because of the good work we do, they return and they're constantly returning. So over that time, you can build a relationship. I just think overall, your character, you've got to be quite bubbly. Young people are attracted to that. Yeah, I suppose it's just been you and young people. Not We're not a teacher. We're not the police. We're not someone in uniform that that they're effectively been scared of, which they shouldn't be, but with somebody there like a friend, that just a good role model. Okay, so one of the ways that the Tigers Trust engages and, and is obviously through sport, and I know it's not just sport, but that's a big part yeah. of it, and your affiliation <coughs> with the Pool City Football Club. So can you tell me a little bit about Tigers Trust as an organisation and really how you found that there's a, a need that you need to meet with you and your team? Yeah, so this year is the 30th year anniversary of the Trust, so we're going to be doing loads of different events throughout the year to celebrate that. Me, myself, I am, I've come through the Tigers Trust system, so I attended the soccer schools as a kid, um, I did my work experience as a 15-year-old from school. I want the best behaved kid at school, um, probably a bit like a kicks participant really. Volunteered after I left school, Luckily, I managed to get casual work that led into a full-time position and now me leading the programme. And I think that's just an example of many staff that we've got working at the Trust. We've all been participants in some way. A lot of colleagues of mine have come down that path. But we offer all different programmes, all different ages, from two-year-olds up to your 70-year-olds. As long as they still want to be, be engaged, and obviously sport's a massive tool, we can accommodate but yeah we offer education so the the kicks program's got an education strand as well which has been shown in the kicks international program which was um that was available for anybody who was a refugee asylum seeker or i think migrant and we've had a lot of participants through that program come and do education obviously the massive language barrier um and abdul who was he's a member of staff now he was a participant and he helped translate on the education side so that's continuing as part of the kicks program but yeah we're very very wide in what we deliver so and i think that's one of the things that's <coughs> struck me about the targets trust because i mean obviously we've known each other uh, on and off over the years and you've helped us with so many things right and i don't think you appreciate sometimes how rare that is because charities and social enterprises i know they've got very admirable goals but sometimes there can be elements of protectionism in there i've never come across that with tigers trust You've always helped us with the things that we're involved in. And I've seen examples of doing that with other organisations as well. Is that a conscious part of the culture or is that just the way you feel things should be? I've always been really keen on partnership work, especially coming from a youth work background and all the cuts in the services. I've always been very passionate that if one service can't provide sport, for example, we can provide that. So why not link up? We're still working in partnerships with a lot of other youth services, uh, voluntary so yeah, that's that's my passion. Catherine, who's also coming to the trust now, she's very passionate about partnership work. Um, this is Catherine Bishop, chief executive. Yes, yeah. yeah. So she's very passionate about that and how we can get ourselves out there, how we can help other organisations, how organisations can help us. So yeah, I just think it's the way going forward. It's the way to work, 
Um, especially if we're all aiming for the same goals, it's it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we could talk a bit now about the the young people that you work with. So that's yep. I know there's several programs that you that you're managing, but I think this one's quite close to your heart, and you've yeah, already drawn yeah. upon that. You can relate to some. <clears throat> so what's going on with with young people? What are the kind of big issues? Is this is this a good time to be a young person in Hull? It's a tricky one, that really. Well, I, I guess think. it's going to be yes and no, depending on who <laughs> you are. But but what are the kind of things that you're seeing with the young people need the greatest level of support at the moment? It's mainly a lot of young people that you come in contact with that are struggling is because they haven't got that positive role model in their life. Back again, waving my youth work flag. That's where we come in and that's where we can support them. Whether that's just support via ourselves or where we're signposting them to other services in the city. Again, coming back to partnership work, there's plenty of services out there not everyone knows about. Um, I think youth workers are quite skilled in the, in the fact that we do know other services in the area that can support them if we can't or if they need additional support. Um, but from one end of the city to the other end of the city, Problems are different, um, kids are facing different challenges, so it, it just depends. I mean, we're, we deliver a city-wide now, um, so we're seeing all different issues across the city. Now, you mentioned role models, and certainly, I mean, I've done a lot of research in this area as well, it's really important. Now, one of the things that we hear about role models is that role model isn't there in your life, there may be somebody else seeking to fill that void, perhaps for their own purposes. So we've talked before about grooming and exploitation and we're seeing now an increase in the amount of young people who are groomed into organised criminal gangs to deal drugs and to organise theft and so on. Is that something that you feel is a an issue that's reached Hull now? Yeah, um, it's funny you should mention that. So we were successful just back end of last year in a, a bid to the Premier League to do some really targeted work which is going to fall under the kicks banner. So we're actually interviewing on Thursday for that position. Now, what that is, is we've noticed there's a massive gap in Hull supporting young people that are at risk of child criminal exploitation. So the, the person that gets the job will be doing targeted one-to-one support with those young people identified by other organisations in the city. Okay, is this all about role modelling and, and that supporting? Yeah, so it's going to be building that relationship with the young people. So it's someone that they, they can trust, that they can go to, they can speak to about the issues that they're facing. Then down the line from there, hopefully positive influence that, that that the new staff member will have from a psychological perspective there's quite a mix of things that's going on because there's understanding the dangers of of what can happen if you yeah. if you get if you begin working with an organized criminal gang which quite often is quite a positive experience to begin with you've got a bit of cash you're starting to get a bit of profile but there are techniques that are used to control and exploit young people so that they're trapped in that because it's a business let's mm. be frank it's a business yeah, about yeah. it so as much as there's a move away from the dangers and the negative side of that, it's that move towards the positive side where I think we've got an equally big challenge on mm. our hands. Now, you and I sit here with our whole accents, we know the area, we've seen a lot of improvement in the city recently, but I don't think that's necessarily reached everybody. I think for some people it's definitely been it's been a good thing. There's, there's more jobs, more opportunity, but that is not truly city-wide and there are pockets within the city with greater levels of deprivation. I know that sounds incredibly stereotypical, what I'm saying, but it's pretty much true. Um, And I think that the self-esteem is part of the issue there as well. So have you seen, in your experience as a youth worker and and all of the projects that you're involved in, is is it just like the level of aspiration that young people have and the level of self-belief that they can make good for themselves? Is that still something that we need to be working on? I think that's really underlying what Kicks does. 
Um, we provide young people with opportunities that they wouldn't usually get. Um, we take them out of the city. Some of them have never been out of the estate, so that's raising the aspirations. So taking the young people to London, playing against your Man United, your Man City, your Liverpool. We're very unique at the trust that we wear the badge. So we're part of the club and there's there's no one else in the area that does that. So I think we're very, very lucky in that sense. They can wear the badge, they can feel proud, they're playing for the club. I get what you're saying in terms of the aspirations in the areas that, and that's something for us to tackle. And back to social inclusion, everybody, no matter where you live, they have got the same opportunities, the same, they should have the same values as everyone else. I wouldn't ever discredit anyone for living in a certain area oh, in the city. Have I just yeah. perpetuated a stereotype? <laughs> no, no. But I wouldn't ever discredit anyone from wherever. I'm a, I'm a girl off an estate um, and I'm, I wear that with pride. I wouldn't ever pretend I wasn't. My accent is I think it's really important, Kelly. I think that what the work that Tiger's Trust and the work that you do is the community coming together to solve its problems and not shying away from those problems. It's not somebody parachuting in from external who's like, hey, I'll show you the way, kind of stuff like yeah. that. And, and right down to the accent and right down to your background. Yeah. Certainly in my experience, young people really get that. Yeah. And I've seen people lie. And it's just about the that level of honesty and that authenticity. Trust is so, so core to all of this. Why would somebody go along with anything you're saying or anything you're trying to do, whether that's a move away from a negative, such as joining a criminal gang, or moving towards a positive in terms of raising aspirations in any aspects of your life, if they didn't buy into you? Yeah. And I think that's, that's not to be underestimating. I think it is it's admirable. Here comes the but. But it's still really difficult to do because as much as you're trying to position yourself as that positive influence in someone's life, there are going to be other people who are doing their own form of grooming and manipulation for their own means. Social media telling you that life should be this way as well. It's pretty hard being a young person at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm not not taking that away at all. It is. I think I'd rather be a young person when I was a young person than now. Um, like, we've done lots of bullying workshops and stuff with young people. And if you got bullied at school 15 years ago, you got bullied at school. You get bullied now. You get bullied at home. It goes on with your social media. It's just, it's never a switch off. Like you yourself, you've been down to some of the workshops that we've done with the young people and we spoke about um, all the different social media strands as well, which a lot of parents don't know of. Um, just going back to the dance competition that we did and we prepared all the different social media boards. I mean, some of them, I like to think myself that I'm down with the kids, but some of them social media strands I'd never even heard of. So for us to actually show them to the parents, a lot of the parents come up to us and said, God, I didn't even know about them. So it's, it's actually showing that you, you're educating the family, not just that one young person, but it's the broader broader family as well. I mean, you mentioned social media there in the sense of bullying, and it, it, just to twist that slightly, you must meet people who are in pretty heartbreaking situations and you must sometimes for thinking, God, I just want to kind of help everybody. I want to take them home with me. I want to help them. And I appreciate it. As the son of a youth worker, you can't do that. How do you manage that and does it affect you personally? I think you become more resilient. Um, when I first started doing it, I used to think about young people coming in contact with all the time. Like, oh God, I hope they're all right. But I think the more you do it, 
the more you learn to you work your work. Obviously, I still do think about some some young people that I work with. You, you're never not going to be able to. But then there's also a, a lot of young people that we have helped. So, and I would like to say the good outweighs the bad. Yeah. So the positive outweighs the negative, really. And if I didn't enjoy what I did, I, I wouldn't still be doing it. Eight years on, nine years on. <laughs> oh, that's very reassuring to hear. Okay, so you've told us a bit about Tigers Trust. What's what's coming up? You've got your thirtieth year. What's big apart from the the programs we've already covered? So yeah, like I said about the thirtieth year anniversary, we've got quite a lot of stuff in the pipeline. There's a, a group of us that are on the planning board at the minute, so we haven't got anything indefinite yet. It's just just planning process, but we're hoping for it to be probably our biggest and best year yet. Exciting, obviously. The changes that have happened at the trust, very exciting. Uh, moving forward, hopefully we can continue to support not just young people, but every generation that we work with to better their lives really and make a positive impact. So yeah, really looking forward to this year. Excellent. Well, we look forward to finding out more about the work with the Tigers Trust across the 2020 and beyond. So Kaylee, thank you ever so much for your time. I've been John Gilbert and this has been the Socially Good Podcast. Thanks, John.